Professional business networking. Does connecting with the right people in the right way sometimes feel like pushing a mule uphill? If it does, stay tuned and join me as I welcome my next guest, Lou Diamond, author of Master the Art of Connecting. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Brought to you by Business MO, LLC. Lou Diamond is a man who helps you make the connections that make it happen. When it comes to putting great people in touch with other great people, he's the master, and he has over a quarter century of experience in sales, relationship management, business development, and executive coaching to back it up. Besides being a master connector, Lou is also a consultant, best-selling author, speaker, and motivator. Yes, he's incredibly accomplished. As a matter of fact, Lou, who's been a top producer at every firm he's worked for, has led teams at Accenture, Deloitte, Omnicom, Merrill Lynch, and Bank of America, and he's led them to achieve record revenues year after year. Currently, he's the founder and CEO of Thrive, a leading consulting and coaching company focused on making the most incredible leaders and top performers even more amazing. Lou is also a fellow Cornell University graduate and the author of Master the Art of Connecting, which we all need to master. It's a continuous improvement project. I've heard that Lou is also incredibly energetic, has amazing enthusiasm, authenticity, and has unwavering passion and desire to help people achieve their dreams, that it's unmatched. So let's bring out this ball of fire to join us now. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Lou. I am so excited to be here today. Thank you for having me, Hannah. Well, I'm jazzed about this because this is just such a an interesting topic because I've seen so many people do networking all wrong. And the idea of being able to connect with the right people in the right way is intriguing and fascinating. So I understand that most of our listeners appreciate the power of good connections, but we fall short when knowing how to make that electricity happen. Help us out. Where should we start mastering the art of connecting? What I like to say is, as everybody knows, you need to start with yourself deep into your core. One of the things I highlight in my book is that just like when you need to go out and get yourself in shape, if you need to, uh, if you want to run a race or be fit for something, what does every personal trainer tell you? They tell you you need to strengthen your physical core. So what I've actually recognized that when it comes to connecting with people, this is something that is not just something that comes naturally for everybody. It's something you have to continually work on, your ongoing project, as you said earlier on. And what I've come up with in the book is the four things that you need to work on, these muscles within your connecting core. And that connecting core is actually what not only enables you to connect to others, it actually helps draw others to want to connect to you. Um, I do want to make a big difference. Um, there's a difference between networking and connecting. Uh, I like to use the example that, you know, if you went to the, the CVS drugstore and you wanted to go purchase a couple of items there, you know, you're going to go meet somebody at the register, right? You know, you're, you're, you recognize the person is selling you something. That is a transactional relationship that you have with them. There's no deep, meaningful relationship with the person working behind the counter at this point. When you go to networking events, 
and you go around and you say hello to some people and you put yourself out there and you're getting business cards or witnessing those signs that people have at those big conferences wrapped around their neck, that's networking. You are meeting people and that's important and you're getting to know these different faces that are around you. But in my world, that is not nearly as valuable as making a connection with somebody. And the focus of strengthening that connecting core is to truly establish a strong relationship with another individual that is going to help you learn from that individual and be able to take that information to make yourself even more complete, more powerful, and even more confident to do the things that you need to do and and have a stronger establishment of that. So that's my little difference between connecting and networking. Well, that's a powerful difference and and a really meaningful distinction. So let's go back to these four core connecting muscles. How do we, what are they and how do we strengthen them? Since as you know, Hannah, and you've read this, I've been a consultant. It would be silly for me to not come up with an acronym because I've only been embedded with them in my entire life in different technologies and companies. And uh, it only made sense to actually come up with something. I've come up with something that's called SAFE, S-A-F-E. The S stands for your super why. And that is not only your why, but that is living and breathing the reason that you are on this planet each and every day. That's your super why. That's one of the core muscles of your true authentic self. And the A, getting to authentic, is authenticity, the power of being open, honest, and coming from the heart. The F is a fearless mindset, and that is the ability to move through your fears and into courage. And the E is one of my favorite uh, coachable uh, muscles to work on, and that is what I call the power of empathy. And that's standing in the shoes of your target and really understanding what their world is about and making them the focus. Those are my four muscles of the connecting core. All right, so how do we work on them? I don't think sit-ups are going to work here. You'd be surprised, actually. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Here's the the thing, and when I do this, when I coach people, Hannah, it's so important to understand that everybody has these muscles, and they shine and, and are strong at different points in time. When you know there are times when you are, you've won a few business deals if you're in sales, or you've been riding high on a successful year of business, and you'll walk out there and, and your confidence level is completely through the roof. And you can go through that really fearlessly. And you, I would look at somebody and say they have no fear whatsoever, and obviously that's, that really isn't the point. The point about a fearless mindset is to really consciously understand what does hold you back and what those fears are and how to move through them. But there'll be times I'll, be look, at an, I'll look at an individual and I'll say to them, you know what, their, fear, their fearless mindset is really strong right now and that's a key one. So maybe they don't need to focus and worry about that one as much. Maybe there's something else holding them back. Maybe they're not really listening to their customers too well. Maybe they're so confident they're talking too much about themselves and not about the target they're trying to connect. And maybe that muscle is, needs a little tuning and focus. The hardest ones to adjust are the super why and authenticity. Look, I think we all know when somebody comes to you and they're not authentic, there's nothing worse in the world when you deal with somebody who's completely disingenuous. It, it, it's, whether it's a, a, a cheesy salesperson or it's just someone um, who's, you know, go back to the high school days when you have somebody who's completely fake and obnoxious, nothing turns you off more. In fact, it actually repels you. 
but people who actually really are focused on what they do when they when they open up and they're being authentic and they're being themselves and open and honest, I think that's something that we can work on um, really more comfortably. It's hard to open up sometimes, but that's a way to work on it, to really, with those contacts you're trying to grow your business with and the ones you're trying to make big connections, having that open authenticness is something you can always work on. It's a hard one. Your super why is something that is the, I mean, some individuals know from the minute they've come out of the womb and other people literally find these things out literally in their, you know, their 70th year of life. That's why I was here. Those are tough ones. And those are the, the difficult ones that everyone's always juggling. And great coaches are able to help work with uh, great leaders to do that. So uh, the answer to your question is how do you work these muscles? One, you work with a really good coach. And two, you're always assessing yourself and understanding how you're doing in each one of those four areas. And I will tell you, Hannah, what's really interesting is that those that have a real good understanding of the areas that they need to work on in those four quadrants not only grow their business and have a much easier time connecting with people, they have a great understanding of connecting with themselves, really understanding where they shine and where they need to actually go out there and be, if they're, if they're a motivational speaker, they obviously have all of those pieces out there, but their days are off. To know which one of those things are clicking or in tune and how to adjust those really are what I call master connectors. And those people are the ones that we all are drawn to. Those are the ones that walk in a room and you almost feel like they can't even get through it. That's fascinating, especially the part that when you were talking about authenticity, because that seems to be what everybody craves, especially in leadership. It's necessary. It's really not optional if you want to be an effective leader. But do you feel that sometimes people are afraid they're not going to be liked for who they are, so they have to put on airs and sort of fake it till they make it? <laughs> That's great, because you, you've just highlighted one of my favorite fears, which is the fear of being immediately authentic. Um, and it's actually really interesting. There are people that will go out there and feel like, well, if I'm, if I'm a reserved type of person and getting in front of people is something that I'm, I'm not comfortable doing, and, and I've dealt with a lot of amazing technology companies where some of the most brilliant minds you've ever dealt with, and they've come up with these incredible ideas, and here they have to go raise money from venture capital folks or, you know, or sell their, service, their technology services to a client, and, and the founders of these companies are not natural outgoing salespeople. They're more introverts and they'd be very happy coding all day long. And to let that, that technology inner geek, if you would, <laughs> come out is very hard. And it's, but it's also really important because if you actually, I've actually had people like lead with that and say, look, this is not my most comfortable setting, but let me tell you really about why I created this company and why my technology, I think, can help you. And when they connect with the technology piece, it's, it's a wonderful thing to do. Are they afraid of showing that side of them? Sometimes. Are they hesitant that their fear might, might hold them back? Sure, we all are. It's just a matter of knowing how to push through those things and understanding that, okay, if I'm not comfortable speaking in front of people when I have to sell my services, well, let me, let me call that out. That's one of the ways that we could help people uh, walk through that. And when it comes to that, you know, I don't really want people to know exactly how, who I am and open up with that, it's going to be tough to connect with people that way. And I think 
that is one of the first things that I love to address is, hey, if you really want to grow those strong relationships, those strong business partnerships, there are times you're going to have to open up and you know, not keep everything so close to the vest, especially with those that you're trying to really grow your business with. It could be a strategic partner. It could be one of your key clients that really needs to understand what you're all about because that's what they want to do. They want to work with you longer. It's not about just one sale or just one meeting and one connection. You want to have years of relationships with these people because it could be many years of sales and many connections and going to VCs and raising money for several different other companies that you might come up with. These are all the reasons why really you know, pushing through those things are important. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy. That's, that's, that, that's why if it was so easy, everyone would do it and we wouldn't have these issues about trying to connect. Fair enough. But pushing through it also means that sometimes you're going to be faced with failure because maybe you're right. Somebody doesn't connect with the authentic you. You're just, it's oil and water. They've got different priorities, different agendas. They're just not your kind of person and vice versa. Sometimes I think people try to put themselves in straight jackets uh, and, and that's why they are so guarded. It's like, okay, you first. No, no, you, no, no, you first. Go ahead. And it causes that hesitancy and that guardedness, which, yeah, it, it makes it tougher to do. But And there are strained business relationships, but that's not really the kind of connecting that you're talking about, is it? it it's not. Remember, we're try, you're not going to connect with everybody. Let's, let's start off with that. And guess what? We're going to have failures all the time. The thing that we're looking for is we're trying to connect more with those that are really going to best understand us. I use this description, and this will help you a little bit. In the book, I go through how I see people. And Hannah, I really mean this when I say this. I saw you know, your image and your picture. I've listened to many of your podcasts. I have a visual of what you look like, and it's kind of like this orb around you. And in that orb around your little world are all the things that you've done, your career, all your different podcasts, your guests. I literally see these things visually. And what I actually try to do and what I stress about master connectors and embracing that power of empathy is that I don't look and say, hey, what are the things that Hannah has that are going to make my world better? That doesn't work. That completely is counteractive to the power of empathy and stepping into your shoes and saying, how can I help you? My main piece in in connecting with you and the way that I'm going to connect is to do something selfless. And that selfless and being very caring about you is for me to look and say, how can I make Hannah's world better? What do we need to add to her world? Hey, she does a great podcast, and she did this whole interesting thing on talking to Lou Diamond about connecting. You know, she should really also talk to another colleague of mine that's actually talking about connecting certain women in a certain organization. I'd love to connect her to that. That's what I would do. That's how I visually visualize and see people. So when people are trying to connect, and you're right, there are times that you're not going to jive. You're not going to want to open up, and sometimes those clients don't want to do that. First of all, I would, I would tell you that when you open up, you'll be amazingly surprised at how people will see that openness and want to do the same to do that. The ones that don't do that and shut off, I don't know if they should be a good client or a good partner to work with. You want to find those that are going to equally give to you what you can eventually give to them. That's a great partnership. That's a great relationship. It's never just a one-sided trade when you're involved in business, right? You want to gain from both. You want both people's orbs and worlds to grow. And the only way to do that is to give a little, let a little in, and open it up. So that's the success of great business deals. You're right. You're going to fail when you don't connect at that level, and failure does happen. 
It's a matter of, though, connecting with those right people and recognizing the ones that really recognize your value when you do that. Well, I like it as a screening mechanism. I, I think it's only fair because life is too short. So work with people that get you, that you enjoy spending time with, talking to you, and, mm-hmm. and building great things together. That's what it should be about, the creative process. Otherwise, it's much more of a transaction. But let me ask you this. I, I totally get and totally agree with this, the concept of connecting, giving, seeing how you can make each other's world better and so forth. But I guess there comes a point in time, which is why you're connecting in the first place, where you want to make an ask. You know, it's like, Lou, yes. can you help me out with X? Can you help me out with with Y? Can you introduce me to so and so? I mean, there's there's reasons why you want to connect with certain people, and so what's a good time frame so it doesn't look like you're stalking, <laughs> but that it's reasonable uh, and and fair and equitable. Okay, so let's 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 take it in in, in this approach, and I, I do this often. Okay, so go back to the days when. Um, you know, before cell phones and people were actually dating and talking to one another if they went to a bar or a restaurant, right? In, all, in the old days of trying to go meet somebody. And I think we all would agree if you were a man or a woman, doesn't matter which way, if somebody walked up to every single person in that bar and asked if they were interested for their phone number or wanted to go out sometime, and that's the first thing that they led with, what do you think would happen if I just went up to you and be like, hey, Hannah, let's go out tomorrow night. What do you think? It could come off to- <laughs> Well, I would. I think it would depend right. on how late in the evening no. it was, too. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, okay. Well, let's forget about assuming that, that that on an all-level playing field, I think we all agree that we know what pushy looks like, and we know what somebody asking us right out of the gate does that. Now, let's also talk about something important. When you go to these events, you're trying to connect with people, not just for the one-off thing. If you come off of, I always use this thing, you want to represent the best of sales in everything you ever do. And you could replace the word sales with leadership. And these are the things that you know look great. These are people who are confident. Um, they're aggressive, but they're not too pushy. They are considerate. They're taking your, your view into consideration. We know what the best of sales looks like because when we do it, you win and you connect. We also know what the worst of sales looks like. And to your point, if you come off too much, eventually, yes, there has to be an ask, but there is a pace to this. There is an art to this. And part of that art, what I've recognized here, is you first have to start to connect with someone before you actually really want to ask. And what I will tell you is that if you are considering trying to help somebody first, there is an onus on that person to basically say, okay, I'm now willing to at least listen and understand what this person's about. I want to translate this into more of an example about when the right time to ask is. I actually believe there's, there's two different types of ask. There's asking lots of questions, and then there's asking for the business. And a lot of times you want to help and understand how you can customize what you're going to do for that particular target that you're after. If you're trying to sell consulting services or other, whatever business you might be in, you're going to, instead of, I hate the people that come in and they say, here's my PowerPoint presentation and here's everything that I do. Here's everything that's out there. Oh, this is about me, me, me. Here's all the clients that I worked with. Look at all these logos of everybody else that isn't you that I've done business with. 
I, I can't stand these presentations. Hannah, this is literally like the, this is the most repulsive thing in the world to me. The only thing that should matter when you're going to present to somebody is the person that you're presenting to. They're the only person that matters in the room. So when you go to speak to this person, you should ask them specifically, so if it happens to be consulting services, tell me about the work that you guys have been doing of late. Where have you been experiencing some problems? What are the things that are holding you back? Where would you like to get to? What are your goals for this year, for next year, for the next two years? And what are the areas that you think you need the most help? You ask all these questions in the beginning, and now you're taking into consideration what they need, what can help them, and then what ends up happening, now you can say, okay, let me show you what I can specifically do for you, and here are some suggestions. And do you think, and this is when, after you've presented all that information, now you can go with the ask. Now you can say, do you think we could work together? I think we can help you. Is this something of interest to you? All of those permission asking tactics are really making that person understand that you're taking into consideration them first, not yourself. And if you came off in that pushy guy that came to the bar, it, my, my little analogy would go back. It would be like, wouldn't it be nice to talk about that person and learn about their interests at the bar? What are they about? What are they like? What are they interested in doing? What do they want to do for fun? All of that stuff. Hey, would you like to do something together sometime? There's a pace to it, and only you know when that is after you've started to connect with somebody that you should actually have the permission to ask. Marvelous. That was a long-winded answer I went through there, Hannah, to go well, through no, that. I, I hope you're listening to it. It's a good answer. <laughs> it's a solid answer. And, and I think it's an important to understand that process. So thank you for sharing that. I think all too often, especially in an age of big social media hype, we confuse you know, our number of Facebook friends or Twitter followers with connections. Correct. And like even friends and acquaintances that 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 has line has gotten blurred you know people connect with folks they have never heard of will never and and the thing is they share such intimate details especially on facebook <laughs> that just blows me away and then they worry about privacy right i mean that <laughs> that's, that's another episode Anna, altogether no it's a whole episode Anna, what i was going to share with you is that yes i've you know I've got a thousand, I think it's probably like more like three or 4,000 connections on LinkedIn, something like that. But I have a handbook, a much smaller notebook that actually are the true connections, the ones that I am really connected to, not just the contacts that I follow up with. And I actually handwrite a lot of the stuff in that. Um, and there's a reason for it too. Um, there's, a, there's some power in actually writing down some of that information when I was really good with it, when the list might have been a little more manageable, where it was maybe in like the, the 30 to 40 range of really strong connections. I used to know everybody's birthday. I used to, you know, I actually used to know phone numbers, by the way, but we don't seem to ever know those, need to know those anymore because they're all programmed in our, in our smartphones. Uh, now that number is, is somewhere close to about 200, 200 true connections that I know I can call and really have that deep relationship with, and I don't have them every single day. But I have the ability to step right back into that strong connection with those people. And that is a separate book that I use that's completely different from my LinkedIn account. Now, I still manage that social media, and you're 100% right about some of the stuff people put on, on social media and Facebook that they share and something that are meant for those special connections. Uh, I, I recently received something 
um, I'm a member of, of NSA in New York and uh, the National Speaker Association. And I thought this was really great. And when I joined, I will never forget this, I received a, a letter in the mail, something we usually don't do. It was a handwritten card signed by all the board members of, of the NSA. You know, welcome, Lou. So excited to have you on board. And each of them signed it. And it was not one of those photocopy things. They really did all sign the card. That was powerful. It actually really was this unbelievable connection to really get to you and very personal. We don't do that that much anymore. How many, when was the last time you sent a personal note to somebody? Those are the types of things you want to do with your real connections. And the amazing part about social media is the access that we can do all those great things and share those personal moments, but they've kind of be, we've become desensitized to them, and they're not as personal anymore when you send a whole message out to the whole world about it. But that figuring out that personal touch with those special connections, that's truly knowing that, that contact and that connection. I would call those people friends, true friends. friends, not only just, you know, your connections. These are the family, friends, those people that mean something to you. Um, and, that's, and that's really what they, what they do best. They mean so much to you very close and personally because you've truly had that strong connection with them. And, and shared experiences. I think that's yeah. very valuable. And I like the idea what you said about your little separate handbook where you handwrite things in. You know, there's actually neuroscience to support the fact that you use a different part of the brain when you're writing and it helps you learn and retain information as opposed to just visually seeing it. So that's very interesting. Very interesting. Although but, I don't know what that means for me, Hannah, because my handwriting is god-awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it's going because I could write it. What part of my brain is the sloppy gene? But yes, I do. I have read that as well. And that's why I believe they say, you, you know, when you write down a goal or a dream, we do this in a lot of our workshops for when you set like a BHAG, that big, hairy, audacious goal. Right. Uh, when you write it down, you're 10 times more likely to achieve it than when you just say it out loud. Now, this book that you've written, Master the Art of Connecting, what inspired you to write it? There were two things, Hannah. Uh, I'll tell you this story. A, a little over two years ago, I was on a panel, and there were three other people on the panel, and uh, they had all written a book, and I hadn't. And everyone kind of, I actually pointed it out when they finally got to introduce every one of them. I said, I, I think it might be time for me to write a book. Um, at that very same conference, I was there with a client of mine, and I was actually trying to help that client network with a whole series of new people that he was not familiar with in a different industry. And about a half an hour into that particular meeting, he came to me and he says, do you understand what it is that you do at these events and how unique it is? And I didn't exactly know what it was because this just became natural to me to flex those muscles of my connecting core when I go meet people and do that visual orb thing that I described where I would walk up to a stranger and I'd be like, Joe, this is Larry. Larry um, went to the University of Pennsylvania. He played football for two years. He stopped doing that. And then he ended up uh, working at this company. Now he's at Pfizer and blah, 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 that type of detail. And how I'd be able to recall this was kind of, it was a little bit of a mnemonic for me mostly because everyone always remembers my name, Hannah. With a name like Lou Diamond, they don't usually forget it. That's so right. So I needed to come up with the visual to remember it because I, not everybody has a name like Lou Diamond. So I, need to, uh, I needed to come up with a compensation for that. But that particular client actually said to me that I needed to capture this idea and write it down. And the other reason that I wrote the book 
was that I didn't believe how people, I still, I couldn't believe is the better word. I couldn't believe that people did not appreciate how important it was to be truly connected to clients and to contacts and to your business targets that they felt that you can just actually do the transaction and not have this relationship and just assume that that would keep coming back um, each time you would do it. I recognize that when you have that relationship, you do many, many more transactions, better relationships, other things would grow from it, and it was a much more profitable piece. So people weren't valuing connecting. And I think, you know, as we mentioned, that difference of networking and connecting, somehow those words, it used to be that networking meant connecting, and I think with all the different mediums and all the ways that we can actually quote unquote network, um, the, the art of connecting got lost. And that's something that I've always thought was the, the focus and people have identified that that was something that I always was. And now that I, I said I wanted to write a book, I said, now I've got the idea and that's how it happened. The rest is history. Well, yes, or, or, or current history, active history. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Lou, we are definitely going to have a link to your book, Mastering the Art of Connecting, on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com, so that our listeners can, at their convenience, click to it and check it out and hopefully read it so that they become masters as well or certainly learn to develop those core muscles more, be more comfortable, and learn from you, which is really, I'm really amazed at the, the stories. And you make it sound so easy. And yet in practice, it's often not. So thank you for sharing those tips. And I'm curious about how you got into this connecting mode to begin with? Was there a, an influencer or a mentor or someone, something along the way that sort of made this click, that made these puzzle pieces come together for you in, in such a way that was so obvious to you and became natural? It, it's funny. I uh, Ever since I was a little kid, I used to always connect the dots, uh, and I was always the person that seemed to know people. I just never really uh, codified or codified, whatever, however you say the word, the actual way of what I was doing. I just, it just kind of became natural, and this is the, the type of person that I was. Now, I will say, though, that being natural to that, um, growing up, I had the, the good fortune of having a dad who was a spectacular salesperson throughout his life and a, an entrepreneur throughout his entire life, which has always been an inspiration to me. And I have a mom that's actually a coach. So it didn't take too long to figure out that I've put the two of them together, that we actually could create what, what I am. And this, this sales coaching or this uh, performance coaching component was always in me. But the connecting piece was always this unique identifier that made me who I am. And, and, I, and I naturally fell into roles of doing sales, as you described in my bio uh, at the beginning of, our, of this program. And I think somewhere in there, someone had, had pointed out to me, and one time somebody actually used the description, that Lou's the nice guy sales guy. <laughs> and I never understood what that meant because most people had this image of the sales guy. Everyone hates the word sales. Uh, sales has unfortunately had a really bad rep. I use this term uh, commission breath, Hannah, 
And I think you get that image as I said it. You know, you think of the guy who's had three cigars and a couple of cups of coffee, and he walks over to try to push you a used car. That's what we think of when we think of salesmen. And I think movies has done that, and visuals, and you know, I guess you could even go to Arthur Miller and the death of a salesman, and uh, and different roles and what that would be. I think sales has had a bad rap for a word, but it's it's also not really. It's the it's a limiting component to what great performers, great connectors, great leaders do. Uh, the sale is just one component of the, the transaction. There's a whole relationship that goes with it. So that cross between being in account management and in sales, uh, being an entrepreneur and dealing with so many different types of products and services in my life, I've had the, the good fortune to recognize that, that I've always been very good at it, but I've also recognized that I can help people connect better. Anyone who's ever worked for me uh, has always come back to me and say, thank you for helping to, my my goal was to have people work for me and then launch and start their own careers and do their own things because we knew if you had somebody that was great, they can capture this information, they can do amazing things with it. And that's what eventually led me um, off of Wall Street after a long period of time to really focus on helping people uh, to coach them, to consult them, and really help them grow to connect. Well, thank you for all that you do. It's clear that you're a star when it comes to this. You know, and if you think sales has a bad name, try the word lawyer. (laughs) 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 Um, But thank you for sharing those insights and helping us become better at connecting, being authentic, and just having more fun in business because I think that's really, really important and being able to connect on uh, in a good way, on a good level, authentic way is the best way to do it. So thank you for yep. all you do. Thank you for writing Mastering the Art of Connecting. We definitely have a link on businessconfidentialradio.com. Uh, Hannah, it's always fun. And uh Anytime you uh, feel you want me to uh, loop in and give you more information, you know where to reach me. (laughs) Definitely will. Definitely will. Thank you, Lou. Thank you for joining me today. You can get more information about today's guest and the show notes on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner We'll be back with more business information and inside scoop you need to succeed in your business. Till then, 